my Gmail. Neat! Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we talk about things we think are neat. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters Helen. Hello! And Caitlin. Hi. We went on another adventure. So this is two adventure episodes in a row. Burp, 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 burp. Except Helen didn't come on the adventure. Nah. Nah. She said yeah, no. She, she would have died though. It was very hot. Yeah, it was very hot. <laughs> so uh, where did we go, Katie? We went to Arluin to see Shakespeare in the park. Shakespeare. We are cultured. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> Yeah, so we did culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went and saw As You Like It. So I just wanted to have a little talk about Shakespeare because I think Shakespeare's pretty neat. Shakespeare's you think Shakespeare's pretty neat. Yeah. Everyone, like, yeah. everyone knows a handful of the stories. Yeah, and there's like quotes that people people quote Shakespeare all the time it's without realising. <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, Helen, Shakespeare quote, go. Ooh, first one in my head is... Oh, gosh. <laughs> too many. I've got to think of one. The first one that Just comes to my head for some reason is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I don't know if that is Shakespeare. <laughs> it's in that. Probably. So it feels like a Hamlet vibe. Yes. Hang on. Yeah, I'm in the and then there's one it. about the roses. Would a rose by any other name not smell as sweet? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Romeo and Juliet. Yep. Oh, no. This is a different poem. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin. Mm. Oh, no. It's in Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah. I should think, like, a cartoon. I told you it was one of the, like, Hamlet vibe ones. <laughs> yeah. I think a cartoon <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Macbeth. Like, yeah. Macbeth, I feel like a, a, a cartoon movie was doing the quote of it for some reason. That's probably why I remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you, Katie? Shakespeare quote. Go. Um, All the world's a stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because obviously I just heard that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the cheek as we just heard it. Um, so anyway, William Shakespeare, he was born in April of 1564 and died 23rd of April 1616. Uh, he was an English playwright, poet and actor. He's widely regarded as the greatest writer in the English language and the world's preeminent dramatist. Um, so he was called, he's often called the Bard of Avon or just the Bard. Um, so he his existing works... Uh, there's about 39 plays, 154 sonnets, three long narrative poems, and a few other verses. And hmm. his plays have been translated into every major living language and are performed more often than those of any other playwright. So he's pretty influential. Yep. When I was at university doing my undergraduate, I did a bunch of Shakespeare units, and it was there was this bit of a... Um, <laughs> like the nerdy elitist um, English professors are kind of like, oh, yeah, Shakespeare. He's not actually the greatest. He's just the most widely known. I don't actually yeah, like He's got a great marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> so there was this big, it was kind of fashionable to be a bit disdainful of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to talk about other plays. But he was basically, like he wrote blockbuster plays. Yeah, so, he's like a yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, it was really popular. Some things are really good and some things are just like like written to a formula. Hmm. Yeah. Cuz that's that's what his job was. Is he he churned out a bunch of plays and he got paid for them and then he yeah. was able to exist in society. Yeah, <laughs> and his name was like yeah. part of the draw card. 
Yeah. Of the like place. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they didn't have movies back then. They had plays. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had plays. Um, so his plays were performed by male theatre troops, yep. um, mostly at the Globe and the Blackfriars theatres. And the Globe is kind of the big famous one because it like it was on one side of the river and then it got dismantled and built again on the other side of the river and then it burned down <laughs> um, and they've like rebuilt a re- replica. Yeah, like a replica, yeah. but it's not on the original site, I think. I don't know. I, I think it's close. And then there's pop-up globes all over the world. So we've had pop-up globes come to Australia, I think. I don't think here, but I remember no. seeing pop-up probably, globe stuff. Probably in Sydney or somewhere. Yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, probably touring the whole East Coast. <laughs> and New Zealand. New Zealand comes to mind, so I think they may, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, there's pop-up globes and stuff. Um, And the performances were all daylight performances because they didn't have, like, fancy lighting and uh, yeah. I mean, they, stuff. So it was like in the middle of that. It was in the middle of the day. Um and you'd have you'd pay your like what penny? Yeah, whatever and, it is. <laughs> and you were and you'd stand in the yard and they were called the groundlings. Oh. Which that's is cute the name, name. now mm. the name of a um a um uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Theatre troop. I think yeah, it's a theatre troop where you Improvise an no. improvisational theatre troupe, the oh. Groundlings, no, yeah. um, or like a company. See, that is a fun little fact that only titillates the people who are in the like theatre circles who are like, oh, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that's sweet. I think that's lovely. Yeah. Do they do they um, um, imp- improv in iambic pentameter because that would make it even more fun? <laughs> Oh, they probably do sometimes, but I don't think it's a requirement. (laughs) You can get really good at all that stuff. Yeah. So speaking of iambic pentameter, so Shakespeare's standard poetic form was blank verse composed in iambic pentameter. Anyone know how what iambic pentameter is other than just the name? It's what Shakespeare did. (laughs) Iambic sana makes me think ambient. It's Uh, iambic. Iambic, yeah. Ambic. Um, But iambic is five. So it's five beats. It's da 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 da. So the second, <laughs> yeah, the second strillable, the second strillable, the second strillable. Da 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 Sorry. Teach us your knowledge, Erin. That's it. It's five pairs of beats in like a line um but that doesn't mean that every line is because that's boring after a while and so yeah. you set like up a rhythm of, and then you break it to like be like hey i did yeah, something part of it is like and that's the whole there's all this stuff about how shakespeare invented a whole bunch of words um and some words he may have event, invented some words may have just been written down for the first time in his plays because normally mm. it's like the first written example, but like maybe yeah. that word has been used widely and it's it just reflects. Thing. Yeah, it just reflects mm. the usage of the word. But the other thing was that um, some words that he's like invented, which I'm doing in air quotes, mm-hmm. are just like a word that he may have added something onto to make it into like an adjective or or in or like a different kind of word so oh. that it would fit in the pattern so like when you add ing to a word 
favoritist make it a like progressive verb yeah or like um, i'm i'll i'll arrive at the place at one o'clock ish yeah i'm adulting yeah. i'm yeah adulting yeah. that's a big yeah. one uh, the one i've been saying a lot lately is momentuming <laughs> like, yeah. like using momentum to do stuff <laughs> like stop momentuming use your muscles <laughs> um, so it, so there's that kind of playfulness with the words to like mm. put them in certain places and changing the parts of speech and where they belong in the sentence and oh, I'm the fastest on the syllables <laughs> and the the audience at the time so the plebs would be the groundlings where you'd be standing in the yard in like the full sun and if you paid like another penny you got a bench and if you paid another <laughs> penny you got an umbrella <laughs> your bench and then like the rich people would sit up in the gallery that are sheltered um and there was like a little bit of a shelter above the actors um because they also had stuff fly in so they mm. sometimes set pieces set Things and things would come from yeah. the ceiling, so they had to have like a roof bit that they could actually climb. And they into, like, hired sailors box. to lug the ropes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had like a trap door as well, so they had. And I think they called it like under the stage was hell, and above the stage was heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so they have like things come up from hell and things down from heaven. Um, and but because so it was all it was all very wordy because that's what they'd come on like the actors would come on and they would like basically tell the stories with their words and their gestures and that and like rather than relying on big set changes and lighting to change the mood and stuff they would all set it with their words which is why Shakespeare's so wordy we yeah, opened in they- a scene in in uh fine Verona where two mm. families but yeah yeah first line and- of the play Mm. Yeah, and there's often a little prologue in a lot of his plays that are like a secondary character that comes in and kind of sets the scene because they didn't have, like like these days you go to the theatre and you're chatting and you're probably eating your snacks because now they give fucking snacks out that are loud yeah. um, and <laughs> you... And then the the lights will go down and that's like the signal of it's about to start and the audience will hush and then they do an announcement and then the whatever show starts whereas back then they didn't have that mechanic so all they had so that everyone's there and they're like like talking the audience is there and then so someone had come on stage and just start to talk start to do the prologue and then eventually everyone would be like oh oh, the play started we've got to pay attention Mm -hmm. so there's often like a set the scene and it's not that important um you will get it again um, and it's not a very important character that you need to really know. There's no, like, vital, vital information right at the beginning in the first lines <laughs> because a lot of people would just miss it, <laughs> um, which is interesting. It's just like a kind of a different way of of performing and approaching it. Um, we have such a different theatre experience now. Yeah, a different world way back when. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and there was a lot of audience engagement. So when I read about, like, they'd throw things from the audience and they'd be like, he's behind you and, like, there's lots of all that stuff. It makes me think of, like, the pantomime tradition, especially Mm. in the UK, Um, and that's possibly kind of carried on. Like, that's probably come out of those, like, original theatre productions that they had in Shakespeare's time. So one thing I really want to talk about is the language of Shakespeare because I'm a language nerd. I think it's really (laughs) neat. So in Shakespeare's time, 
he spoke early modern English, which is not the same as old English. Like there's a lot of different periods of English. So in early modern English, um, there was a, it's a period of time, and what happened during that time was the Great Vowel Shift. And uh, I have a vague memory of talking about this before because like, when we talked about New Zealand, we talked about their like, interesting vowel shift that was happening. Yeah, I feel like this has been mentioned, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we spent a whole minute being like, So in English, there was a big change shift, which is um, – so where vowels are pronounced in the mouth, um, so you have your high front vowel, which is E, which is the front of your tongue is high, and then R is kind of in the middle of the mouth. There's different <laughs> places. See our New Zealand episode if you want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> it's to do with where the tongue is positioned in the mouth, like high front, high low front, high back, low back, mid, mid. Yeah, and there's all these places. And so as words are pronounced, one vowel might shift like around the circle and it pulls, oh. it either pushes or pulls all the other vowels around. So everything kind of shifts. Um, so that was happening during the time of Shakespeare. So there, and so a lot of times pronunciation is kind of. Uh, optional, <laughs> like there's a couple of <laughs> options, and we still have that today. Um, and watch me not be able to think of any words that you can pronounce different ways. Um, you might pronounce, you might say garage, or you might say garage. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, route or route. Like they're both acceptable. Yep. So there was a lot of that going on at the time, and so and I think the the great vowel shift kind of defined that whole period of early modern English. So it was happening through the whole period. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and which means that a lot of the vowels and a lot of the accent of early modern English, the way they spoke in England, is very different to what we think it is. Probably. So <laughs> yeah. we get this whole, because Shakespeare plays are old, they have this kind of prestige and for a long time they've been performed in what would be called a received pronunciation, which is... Fancy. <laughs> the Queen's English. Um, <laughs> yes, it's very that high British. But um, Shakespeare at the time would have been pronounced with the Queen's English at the time, yeah. which is the language of the accent of Elizabeth I rather than Elizabeth II. <laughs> so, <laughs> so modern... Like modern people like us, we think of the Queen's English as being like Elizabeth II. Yep. Um, but they would have thought of the Queen's English as being Elizabeth I and they were both very, very different. Yeah. Um, one big characteristic, other than most of the vowels were different, it was it was probably a rotic accent, not an erotic accent, a rotic accent, which means that they pronounce the R's, which <laughs> our Hard accent, R's. our Australian accent is not erotic accent. So no. we say like car. And a rotic accent, <laughs> yeah, a rotic accent would be um, like a US accent where they say car and they'd say mm -hmm. the R at the end. So English used to be like that, like English in England used to be like that. And it, it still is in Ireland. 
which is why I think sometimes Irish people get mistaken for Americans because they have erotic accent and, and yeah. the US is probably like one of the on, like only erotic accents. Because yeah. it's a hard R, it's not a rolled R, like a R or yeah. a R- long R- A like how we do. Ka. 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 Start the car. Something that is an interesting thing. So I've been listening because I'm a I'm a language nerd. I've been listening to a podcast called the History of English podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. my guy called Kevin, Mm -hmm. and his it's really interesting. So he's gone back from the very beginning. So he starts with Proto Indo European, which is a language that no longer exists, but we've kind of that linguists have kind of gone. We think that this language existed and then it spread out and it turned into um, Latin and Germanic. So a lot of the languages of Europe, it's like their root. So languages that are no longer spoken like Latin, it came before Latin. And then Mm. so he goes through the whole history and he's up to at the moment like the period of Shakespeare. And he did an episode about Shakespeare's English just recently. I think it was even his most recent um, episode, which was really cool because he had a guest called David Crystal, who's a linguist and an actor, um, who has been working on um, producing Shakespeare plays in what they call original pronunciation. So they've kind of um, w- tried to work out what the language would have sounded like at the time. Obviously, we don't have recordings of like audio recordings of um, yeah. early modern English because it, the technology didn't exist. Um, but we do have things like Shakespeare's works and we have clues in terms of the rhymes, the rhyme patterns and the puns and things mm. that no longer rhyme and that puns that no longer quite work because mm. the words are, like, different now rather than being the same. So they've, like, kind of reconstructed it. Um, and I think it's really interesting because um, they've, they've reconstructed it and then they're like, so these are kind of the features that we have but we don't have all the features, so fill in the rest of the features with your native accent. And it... Um, means that it's le- it's less like, you know, so I'm being fancy mm-hmm. in my highbrow accent um, and more kind of grounded and real, I guess. Mm. It's just how um, people so, talk. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to see a um, Shakespeare in original pronunciation um, and I would love to actually kind of learn the accent, but I had a quick look into it and I had a listen, but accents, for me, I need to, take time to like study them and practice them to be able to like learn yeah. them well um so I think that's all that's all really interesting and um there is a cool video that I found um I think it might have been David Crystal um his work where they had they, these two dudes dressed up as Elizabeth one and Elizabeth two and they have a conversation oh, <laughs> about wow. Um, and it, yeah, it's very. I think it's quite interesting. Um, just the different ways of pronouncing things. Um, yes. And um, so, any uh, Helen, have you seen any Shakespeare plays? Um, in high school, we're the English lit group. Um, went and saw Macbeth by some university thing, and I was part of that for some reason that I can't remember. I think our class got included, and so I saw Macbeth. Oh, cool! I went and saw Frankenstein. 
<laughs> with school. <laughs> I was like, Frankenstein, is it a Shakespeare play? It's Aaron? not a Shakespeare play. No. <laughs> but that same situation for me that year was Frankenstein. Um, oh. I remember I the um, guy who I don't actually know who he's playing. He had a. He was doing his monologue, and he'd put his sword down, and it had rolled off the stage. And he had this oh, bit no. with, "Where's my sword? Oh, there it is." Yeah, and he <laughs> it off and got it. And it was just, it was just he added, yeah, just put that in because, oh dear, I've lost my sword. Oh, there but it is. Did he do it in iambic pentameter? In what? Iambic pentameter. Probably. Maybe that's hard. <laughs> long time ago, Eric. Yeah. Can't remember. <laughs> Don't, Don't even know who the character was. <laughs> I mean, he was still in character, and he did his. He was. Yeah. He was doing his. I'm a bit crazy right now. Speech because I'm yeah. going nuts. And then he did this. this, this, this I just remember the very fluid movement of oh, and then the way he walked off, and I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why live theater is fun, is because there are things that happen, and either it's incorporated into the story of what's going on in that particular scene by the very good actors or you go I still have that and the actors go oh no people will see this and you go he 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen any Shakespeare plays other than what we saw yesterday Katie oh probably I've, I've, I've seen I've consumed a lot of like live and recorded media over my life mm. um I've been backstage for many Shakespeare performances. Whether or not I was actually paying attention to what the actors were doing is a very <laughs> yeah. different conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I've I've probably seen a few. I know I've seen Othello at least four times, and I don't remember why. Yeah. Because I don't think I actually bought tickets. I think <laughs> I I think I just saw four different versions of Othello by chance. Yeah. Mm. It was just the play of the moment. Yeah, um, I've seen I've seen a Midsummer Night's Dream. Well, I remember you bringing them. Oh, I home. want to <laughs> to to like understand Midsummer Night's Dream. Like, I want to be like, this is a play that I've seen and like I enjoyed it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. And yeah. when I try to like watch a movie of it, I'm like, are they skipping scenes or was this deliberately written this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've definitely seen Midsummer Night's Dream. I don't think I've seen any more actual plays, but. I've seen a lot of the films because one of mm, the yeah. units I did at uni was called Shakespeare at the Movies and it was all about film adaptation from the play. Yep. Um, and so every week we would have to read a play and then watch, watch two the versions of the <laughs> film. <laughs> and I'm like, and I got really, really good at skim reading a Shakespeare play. Um mm-hmm. You'd start with Wikipedia, so you'd read Wikipedia synopsis, so you had, like, mm-hmm. kind of an idea of what was going to go on, and then you'd skim through, so you hadn't, like, and you'd kind of tune into the language, um, mm-hmm. and then you'd watch two of the films, which you'd borrow from the library, from the library at uni. Mm. Um, so I've seen I've seen a bunch of different films of Midsummer Night's Dream, because that's a really popular one. Yep. Um, I remember watching that with There's also a ballet you. that I've never seen that comes around all the time. Yeah. Because they've got the, like, donkey head. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's Puck and there's Bottom, who's the donkey-headed boy, and there's Queen Tatiana. Yeah, and it is fun. They're one of the films they had bikes. I just remember them like riding yes. around the forest in bikes. Yes, I remember oh. that too. And the, the girl, we are made to be wooed. <laughs> and something, 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 some epic speech about how she loves this man who doesn't love her. Yeah. Hmm. Because Shakespeare's yeah. is, is like the like trashy 
uh, <laughs> romance subplot stuff yeah. of today, just like yeah. back in the olden days. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> like, there were, there's always a point in the play where it, there's, it's either um, there's cross dressing and mm. hilarity ensues. There mm. is a mistaken love, identity, mistaken identity, and hilarity yeah, yeah. ensues. And there is a love triangle, and hilarity ensues, and or a variation of one or more of any of those in every yeah. single play. Like or, I can't yeah. recall <laughs> any play that tropes. doesn't have at least one of those tropes in. Yeah. And there was That's a point in the comedies specifically. It's in the what? The comedies. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a tragedy, then it's everyone in the tragedy. It's sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think you could argue that Macbeth has a love triangle between boy with the with the daddy issues, love and his daddy, and Macbeth love and is the one girl. I've not actually seen or read. I really? can't remember half of Macbeth I know. except it's a romance Horace, story. I knew him well. <laughs> Here's a skull I found in the ground. Let me talk about it. That's, um, <laughs> that's Hamlet. Hamlet. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Hamlet. Um, yeah. Hamlet Macbeth. Yeah, right. There's there's a dad, dead dad. There's ghosties. People go mad, and in the end, the good guy isn't really a good guy, but he kind of wins. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> remember like um, the Lion King has um, elements yeah, of Hamlet. either Hamlet or yeah, yeah. It's, it's Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. Hamlet. yeah, it's Lion Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back soon to talk about our adventure. <laughs> And we're back. So we went out on an adventure. Um, Me and Caitlin did. Caitlin stayed home. Yep. Um, So we went to Araluen Botanic Gardens, which where we went tulip stepping a little while ago. The tulips were gone away because it is too ding dang hot and it's many weeks later. And they had Mm -hmm. some sunflowers out and some roses. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was very pretty. It was a very hot day yesterday as well. Like so it was hot. in the it was high thirties. Yeah. Quite hot. Um, many bugs, um, but it, it was lovely. Like it is quite mm. lovely up there. So we we we. I went to Caitlin's house because she lives. We had a plan. We had a plan. So I went to house. <laughs> hello to the pupper to Oscar, the goodest yeah. dog, um, and then we went to Coles and we got some snacks. Snacks. Yeah. Because yeah. Aaron's like, let's get a frozen cheesecake because that'll keep yeah, us cool. And, and I was, I was like, <laughs> or a total not. Cream, eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if, if if that's what you think is gonna happen, fine, whatever. Here's a fr- freezer bag with frozen stuff in it so that like it doesn't melt, and we'll just go and get snacks. And we yeah. get there, and it's just like, do I want? Two sweet things or just mm. one? I was very good because I know whenever <laughs> you go and get snacks on the way to something, it's really easy to go a bit nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got this and this and this and this. I was very good of like we'll get one baked goods. Um, yeah. And just like we've got a few bags of lollies. And yeah, then, because and they then keep. A chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, we didn't end up getting any cheesecake or. We did really well though. We bought. Um, pre-made wraps so that we were being mm. at least a little bit healthy yeah, instead of just like sandwiches. gorging on um, sugar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and getting um, a sugar headache. Yeah. yeah, and then we drove up there. So the ticket included um, entry. entry into the park as well as the, the show itself. Um, oh, and I should say that this was put on by the Rolly Stone Theatre, which is the same theatre company that I did Sweet Charity with. So this was an amateur production of As You Like It. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is another play that I've never read or seen. Um, so I kind of went into it. I was like, I purposely didn't really look anything up. I was like, all I knew about it was that all the world's a stage is from it, which is like the big <laughs> I thing. didn't even know that. And then as soon as I said, I was like, hey. So As You Like It is a pastoral comedy by William Shakespeare, believed to have been written in 1599 and first published in the first folio in 1623. So it's quite early in his career. As You Like It follows its heroine Rosalind as she flees persecution in her uncle's court, accompanied by her cousin Celia to find safety and eventually love in the Forest of Arden. In the forest, they encounter a variety of memorable characters. Yes. Mm, yes. So it's one of the like comedies where they like go into the wild, the wilderness, <laughs> the, the forest. Yeah, a little bit slapsticky. Yep. Yes. Um, so we got there and when we got there, because it was such a hot day, the... We got at the door where we showed our tickets. Um, we got given a little drink voucher ticket. for a free yeah. drink. Yeah, we got drink tickets. Yeah. They're like, "Thank you for coming out on this hot day." And then I think they were, they were like um, a little bit put out because everyone was going up and getting soft drink instead of water. They're like, "Why is no one taking the water?" Because <laughs> we all brought water. <laughs> like, we brought water with us. Yeah, <laughs> I want, Give me I want that sugar. sugar water. <laughs> Nice and a treat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, we sat uh, as soon as we walked in. It's just like a little grassy it's- amphitheatre, these steps that go down to this little paved area in front of. Uh, Helen, little- do you remember the um, lake the bit? The pool. The pool, yep. And then on one side was where the tulips were and the food trucks, and then on the mm. other side was this like where we weird sat and had ice step. cream. Yes, we did yeah. sit on there. Yeah, we yeah. sat almost so exactly where- there. Yeah, Ooh. where we had ice cream. Yeah, yeah, we found a shady spot um, next to half the cast of Sweet Charity. Here and her friend. The other half were in the show in the play. Yeah, <laughs> not that many. There, there was a lot. Um, one of the cast members was the director as well. Um, and now our director of Sweet Charity was the sound person again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's all the same people. So we sat with them um, and we ate some of our junk food that we got <laughs> um, and we were hot and we put bug stuff on and then the play started. Yay. And it just cut right into it and Aaron got real confused. Where is the, t- the talking yes. coming from? And I was like, it's over there. <laughs> yeah. So no, uh, yeah, I could see them, but um, yeah. so I'll tell you what what I got from the first couple of scenes, mm-hmm. and then Caitlin will tell you the actual synopsis. Um, so spoilers for as you like it for this like you know multi hundred year old play. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen um, it, we're, we're pause. It. <laughs> pause. <laughs> Go see it or read it. <laughs> like there's a film adaptation, I'm pretty sure, and then come back. Um, or if you don't mind spoilers, it's fine. So. So it begins with the two brothers and I got that I got that the sexy butt brother cuz really <laughs> the younger brother butt. who is more attractive nice yes. he was more attractive and he is being like kept like his older brother doesn't like him and so he's not allowing him to have like an education and nice things cuz he's um, sexier than him like, yeah How dare you yeah, be more pretty yeah. Than me? basically <laughs> or something yeah. like that and yeah. they um and they have like a little bit of a fight and then there was more talking, which like I've got the play open in front of me and I've read it and I'm like, oh, I missed all of that. <laughs> the next thing that happened, that happened to me was that Rosalind and Celia came in and there was a duke and, um, and the duke 
like I knew that the other duke had been banished. There was another duke that Rosalind's dad had been banished to the forest and this duke was Celia's dad and he didn't like the banished duke. And then he got upset for some reason. I like missed why he was upset, but then he banished Rosalind. And I was like, okay, there's that. that's the conflict. She's going off into the forest for the main action to happen. And then, and then sexy butt guy Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Orlando, Orlando comes in, comes back. <laughs> and then there's talk about like... A, a boxing match, a wrestling match, a wrestling match. Yeah, it's not wrestling. wrestling something. Mm, yeah, a wrestling it's a duel. match. And and yeah, like a dual wrestler, and that he he was going to get beat up, but then the duke gets angry at him and tells him to go away, and there was no wrestling. And I was kind of like, I don't really understand why this conflict is happening. But they all get banished to the forest, um, and then the same guy who played. The Duke also plays the other Duke. And so he's <laughs> off again with his, like, merry band of followers. Yeah. And he's not wearing a jacket. And I'm like, why is he nice now? <laughs> so I didn't quite get. Until there was another scene where he was back in the jacket and he was the 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 mean duke again and as soon yeah. as i saw him there i was like oh it's a different character he's playing two <laughs> different characters i like yeah. just didn't look at the program properly <laughs> um, and then but i got the rest of the action that was that was like i understood what was happening um but i didn't kind of get why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is he bad? I don't get. And I think also because there's two dukes, and the but the brothers, their father is someone else entirely. And I was like, why doesn't he like his dad? Because he's like talking about he doesn't <laughs> like his dad, and he's like banishing him too. And I'm like, but who's his dad? I don't understand how he is involved in the conflict. Um, and so when we got to the end of, I think I think they said at the end of Act 3 was intermission. Um, yeah. I was like, I'm kind of, like, I get what's, I'm following the action, but I, like, missed the, the, like, what's it called? Well, like, the launching action, the launching conflict. <laughs> the context. Yeah, yeah, or exactly why. And then um, Caitlin gave me a really good rundown because you, you caught everything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't study Shakespeare at all. Um, other than like standard um, Shakespeare exists and you have to write an essay on a um, excerpt in high school sort of thing. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But our scene opens with the sexy brother walking in, talking to the manservant who is very old and is like, dude, I'm not throwing any shade, but fuck your brother. He's a dick. Your dad just died. You're going to get disinherited. Like your brother's going to make your life shit. And mm-hmm. I would do anything to work for you because I am a loyal uh, servant uh, of an age that values loyalty. You know, the standard kids these mm-hmm. days argument. Um, brother walks in dressed in black. Clearly he is the evil version yeah, of obviously. the family. Does not have a sexy butt. They have a mini argument where sexy brother goes, let me have a job. And uh, angry brother goes, fuck you. <laughs> basically and sends him away and he runs off to go like well if you're not gonna let me work i'm gonna go do manly things i don't know what it is yet but i'm gonna work something out and off he fucked off and um the servant follows and then angry brother goes i don't know why i hate him because he's so likable but fuck me if i hate him <laughs> and that that's summary of his little soliloquy there then we meet the two girls who is their their cousins 
So Rosamond, who is the Rosalind, Rosal- whatever, same thing. Yeah. She's wearing pink. She's a pink she's wearing, girl. She's pink girl. Um, attractive pink girl is the cousin. Is a cousin. She's only allowed in the court as a companion to the the sweet cousin who's in the dress. And with the petticoat that was too the, long. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. It was fine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works with the other skirt that she wore. Yeah. And then uh, they talk about how the pink girl, her father was exiled by the dodgy duke because mm-hmm. he sent his brother away so he could take over the power and his brother's just got been sent off to the forest and lucky Rosamond being allowed to stay instead of being banished as well. And then the uh, uncle... No, then Sexy Butt walks in because the servants are like, ladies, you better move because there's going to be some wrestling here and you don't want to, like, soil your beautiful um, eyes watching men fight. And the girls are like, maybe we want to see the guys fight. Is it going to be shirtless? (laughs) Oiled up and muscly. What if we just move away really slowly and get to watch what's going on? And then Sexy Boy walks in, makes eyes at Rosamond. They go, oh, I fuck each other for a bit. And then the Duke walks in and goes, hello, challenger. We're going to have a wrestling match. I'm a jolly um, person. Look at me putting on festivities for people. And who's your? what's your name? And he's like, this is my name. He's like, oh, your dad was my brother's best mate. I fucking hate him because <laughs> I hate my brother. <laughs> and if you didn't tell me your name was this, I would have liked you so much more, but I hate you now. And he clocks that Rosamond's like, this guy's hot, I like him. And he goes, ah, i got to fuck her off too because they're going to plot against me because he's a he's a bit of an anxious little person. Yeah. Paranoid. Guy. He fucks off for a bit and then there's a whole scene where the jester is making it so that um, Rosamond doesn't just like, I don't know, disrobe and take sexy butt there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he comes back and he's like, Duke comes back and goes, you know what, this is not great. I don't appreciate it. Uh, You should go, like, away now. I don't want you to, like, tell stories to my daughter and make her realise how much of a shit person I am. And the daughter goes, well, if you're sending her away, I'm going away too. And that's how (laughs) they end up in the forest. Yeah. Um, Rosalind decides that she will dress as a man. Yep. And then and and he's there with uh, um, his sister. Yes. So yeah. He goes, so they're, goes, they're a little bit more protected than two women running around on their own. Yeah. In a strange mm-hmm. place. It's, it's um, Rosalind and Celia and the court jester Touchstone go off into yes. the forest. Yes. And the beard that they had the, for Yeah, this amazing was fake beard. Glorious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so tacky and yet so amazing at the same time. I do not understand. Um, so we hit the forest. And we meet the kindly duke. So he's he's yeah, the other duke. The other duke. His 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 beard his is friend. tied up in a, a sophisticated manner instead of bushy. He doesn't wear the suited coat, and he's kind to his court. Basically, he's set up a little court in the forest. And there is a bunch of interludes where there's like these musician fellows where one plays the songs and sings happy noises, and the other one is like, I'm so deep guys i'm so deep i have (laughs) such deep feelings um and then the sexy boy comes in in rags um he's trying to 
work out how to get food for his manservant who's accompanied him and is now very, very tired. Oh, and who died? He's like, I die. I die. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was a very dramatic. Epic death scene from yeah. <laughs> the side character. It was great. Yeah. Um, and then he tries to, like, hold up the juke. Yeah, like. In there. He's like, give me all your food. Give but- me all your food because that's what the other Duke's court is like. And he's like, I don't know how to, like save my person without like doing this so I've tried it and they're like well now that we've heard your story come and have some food like come eat with us it's fine and he's like wow you guys are so nice and like well yeah well you're nice too (laughs) you look like you look like a good boy like oh sweet summer child come join our merry band yes (laughs) and then that's the break and then I've I've explained to Aaron a rough summary which was slightly less in depth yeah, I got, I got, I got most. I just didn't get the why in the in the beginning there. Yeah, um, yeah, it was really fun though. So uh, things that things that bothered me about the performance, <laughs> there were <Number> children, one, <laughs> the children. Fucking hell, these there no. were so many small small children. Like there was one that was toddling in nappies that and nearly. Fell over the freaking wall, like over the steps of like the amphitheater. Um, Why would you bring a small couple- child to a Shakespeare performance? There was heaps of them, but it is Shakespeare in the park, so it is kind of like a park, and it's like fine. But they let them wander around. So there were yeah. these two girls, and then this duck arrived. <laughs> there were ducks. So this ducks like walks across the stage and is like, "Hello, friends," and starts like. Um, getting food and stuff mm. and scrummaging around in the in the grass and is like you know just hanging out with us and these two little girls were like oh my god let's chase the duck mm. and they were like running and they would get like so their family was sitting right at the back and they would literally get all the way to the front step where the stage was and where these people are trying to perform before one of the parents is like oh maybe we should stop them yeah, and, and then like, they would just sit there, and they like let them wander around chasing this duck around, and it was like, oh, and like there was an entire scene that I missed because I was so distracted by these kids running around and like and like yelling and and chasing this duck, and the like parents just not doing anything. Mm. Mm. And then at the same time, during the same scene, this was in the second act as well. It wasn't yeah. in the first act, so it was the second act. Um, and during the same scene, there was a, a theatre child that belonged. So they had the stage and up one side they just had like a little um, like a tent set up, like a pop-up mm. pavilion set up, which was their like holding room and like a guest dressing room. Um, and there were people up there that were probably like, you know, stage manager types and helpers Mm. and one of them had a child which was wearing the costume so once they were Mm. all in the woods they all changed to like high vis because they were like shepherds yeah workman clothes (laughs) high vis and jeans and boots and stuff um and this kid just like ran down the path and was just like like on the stage with them and was kind of like that kid does not belong there and it has escaped but also it's in costume so and we he can didn't make it. any noise. He didn't yeah. scream. He didn't distract. He just ran onto mm. the stage. He stood there for a minute. He looked at his mum, and then he ran off. Like yeah, and, it but, was and just it's... as distracting as the original duck. So when the, the duck first arrived, and everyone's like, yeah. "Ooh, a duck!" Yeah, <laughs> and kind of like it's fine. It's like we're in nature. Yeah, we're in their home. They're just gonna come. At like it was like that level of distracting. But these mm. these kids that were chasing the duck it was like what are you doing and then eventually the toddling kid did actually fall off the wall and started crying and then Mm. they didn't take it out they just like 
were there with this baby crying and then the girl, I think obviously the like kid's sister, started like grizzling as well like because she wanted attention or something and it was like, oh, my God, take them away. Why are they even here? Control your children, make them sit. Yeah, I've got no problem with children attending like outdoor theatre shows like that. Hmm. Like it, 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 there, there were a lot of children and there weren't very many children that were being distracting, but the ones that were being distracting, yeah. it was a combination of their parents just letting them do whatever they want and going, it's whatever their kids, and other adults in the audience encouraging them. Yeah, it's like we're not here to watch the kids. We're here to watch these performers and it was so, I found it really disrespectful and it's like yeah. it's fine if the kids aren't sitting and watching because it's Shakespeare and they probably have no idea what's going on but, like, keep them to, like, your step. Yeah. 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 Um, the other, the next thing that really bothered me was that some of the microphones were not very good or not positioned correctly um, and the main one was the girl who was playing Jack. Um, one of the um, followers of the The angsty bard. The angsty bard, yeah. Yeah. Um, Who was, I suppose, was doing a really good job, (laughs) that real, like, cynical kind of Mm. character. But her microphone was turned all the way up. Like, there was a point where where, um, the other bard person was singing a song and she was, like, tapping the guitar to give that little bit of percussive beat and she's tapping it so lightly and the microphone was picking it up so clearly. Mm. But also because it was so loud, whenever she talked, her whole voice was distorted. It was clipping. It was, like, way, way, way too loud and that really... And, and it was really, it really bothered me. Like every time she started talking, I was like, ooh. And then also there was, because it was so loud, there was all this static and self-noise from the microphone coming through mm. the speaker. So every mm. time she came on and her microphone got turned on, there was all this like extra noise. Um, yeah. So when the first time really it happened. really bothered me. The first time it happened, the first minstrel was singing his song and his mic is working fine. And as mm. soon as her, her mic cut in, his cut out. And I. He's never worked again. It never and he worked didn't again. Need it. He didn't need it because he was projecting fine. Um, and he, the the way that it, it it sounded to me like his mic, like the actual microphone, the bit at the end of the sticky thing, mm. where the little bit of microphone actually is, that bit had broken, but there was still enough power running through it that it was like I'm trying to pick up something, but there's nothing here. And then she started talking. And I was like, oh, okay, that that's odd. Um. And you you mentioned at the time, and I was like, okay. And then like it just kept just being there, the whole show. And it was it was just it was an overwhelming wash of sound. It would mm. have been a lot easier for you to focus on what was going on if it hadn't been such a big wash of sound every time that mic was on. Yeah, um, and so distorted. So the words. Yeah. Um, and it was like because she was quite a good performer and she had mm. a really good grasp on the length. She did the full RP, which kind of fit the character. Yeah, the um, character's so like, like so like poncy and like yeah, yeah. I, um, like very, at the end when everything is, everything is like ending really well. They've had like the the, the Shakespeare disconnection at the end where everything just like fits together suddenly. That like I hear that someone has been sent off to a monastery and like like had a come to Jesus moment and gone off to a monastery to like deal with that. I think I need to go on a little adventure over there because I can't hang out with these happy people. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. It was very in character and very good yeah. and I thought it was great. And that character does the all the world's a stage 
speech, yes. which I think was delivered quite well considering it's such an overdone piece. Like yeah. Everyone knows it. It was I very was good. very eye-rolling. It was great. <laughs> yeah, and she like had a really good grasp on um, the language and, the, and she was very articulate. So I got, I still got most of what she was saying, but the um, – the distortion of the voice, it just it grated on me. I think it was just that really grating sound, and I was yeah. like, Ugh. "But I think because I've done a lot of audio, I worked in I've worked in audio and stuff, I noticed that stuff, and I'm like, Ugh. and it's probably just it's probably even like the same set of microphones we had for charity that are just kind of cheap and a bit crappy." So they're probably not working with the best equipment. But that's what you get with community theatre is either there's funding funding. and they've bought what they can get and it's great or it's something that they've used. currently the priority is rebuilding the (laughs) theatre, like getting that all set up. So maybe once they're in there they might have like, yeah, something better maybe for next year. The, there was an announcement at the start being like, hey, we're hoping that this time next year we'll have the theatre back so we won't be in the park, but maybe we will. I don't no, know. No, they will be in the park. Oh. Yeah, the Shakespeare's in the park always. Okay. But, okay. but the next thing is going to be in the theatre. So the whole like, next oh, season okay. will be in the theatre. Yeah. So that, that's why have, I got like confused because I was like, Shakespeare in the Park is just going to be Shakespeare now because <laughs> yeah. no, they're going to be in the theatre. Yeah. The okay, yeah. that's good then. Yay! Yay! We should go again. Yes. Um, the production, it was, uh, so we've mentioned a little bit some of the costumes. So they were modern costumes and they were kind mm-hmm. of all a little bit eclectic. Um, so Rosalind wore like a pink suit, like a yes. suit, <laughs> like quite big. And and then when she was dressed as uh, Ganymede, she had the glorious beard. So it was very much like a, you know, like you get the um, elf or the gnome beards that yeah. you just tie around your head and they're just that big kind of triangle and they have like a slit for your mouth but they always go on as one piece. This one, it was like that and it was brown. But when she moved her mouth, it moved. So you can see <laughs> the mouth moving and that's what made it glorious. Yeah, the, it, was, it was something magical about either How they attached it. They they yeah. bought a really cheap beard and like maybe glued it to her lip and trimmed it nicely or it just happened to just magically do that or just her face shape lent itself to working properly as a like fake beard for me a fake beard like I can't get the bottom bit to move like ever I just talk through a pile of hair um it's like a mask yeah like a mask and yeah like it just it just worked really well and there was a bit of time between her putting on her beard and when she took it off to come back as um Rosalind Rosalind um look they called them her both things like in the the rhyming nonsense it was like Rosalind and Rosalind and all of that so yeah (laughs) there was a bit where there's a letter so one of the sexy butt is running around in the forest Writing no, poetry and pinning it in, to a tree. Yeah, yeah. There's lots and of that. But this was sexy butt. It was the other one. It was the other shepherdess who falls in yeah. love with Ganymede and yeah. sends her adoring dude who was fantastic. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah. What does he play? Um, Silvius is the character's mm. name. He was great. So sends him with a letter for Ganymede professing her love, I guess, in like mm. a mean way. <laughs> and she reads the letter and she's reading it. Like she first, she reads it silently, and giggles, <laughs> and like yeah. everyone's like, "Ah!" Uh... And then later, she's like, "Do you want me to read it to you?" And they're like, "Yeah." 
(laughs) Read it out. So she reads it out and it's all kind of like rhyming couplets. And then there's a bit that just completely doesn't rhyme. So she made a big deal about it, like, oh, it doesn't rhyme. What a crap writer. And I, mm-hmm. I just cracked up because I was like, oh, my God, it would have rhymed. Like, it's supposed to rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a completely new joke. <laughs> this time it would have rhymed. <laughs> and that's why you get stuff like Rosalind and um, different pronunciations because like, it probably would have mm-hmm. been Rosalind rather than Rosalind. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just have to like kind of do and then people do kind of adjust things sometimes to make it rhyme or make it fit or like extra syllables as well so sometimes we like like as in our modern accent we will like mash things together to make it one syllable or Mm. usually it's like multi-syllable words so like it would have been four but now it's three and then you have to like kind of add it back in Mm. um, to make it fit and stuff Um, and then he was also playing with it so sometimes it was like no, this word actually is this many syllables, but because it has to fit the iambic pentameter, we like say it with more, um, and then also then it makes a pun mm-hmm. <laughs> or like or something, yeah. So that that was fun. Um, the show on the shaft backpack, yes! one of the shepherds. <laughs> yeah, um, um, the guy playing Silvius was wearing a Shaun the sheep backpack. <laughs> Just carried him around the whole time. It was very cute. And when he delivered the letter that his his love had written to the pretty boy, who yeah. is actually Rosamond in disguise, um, he had the letter in the Shaun the Shaft's little arms. Yeah. He's carrying his backpack down the front and then he takes the letter out of the sheep's little arms and gives it to him and then he yeah. carries his little backpack. It was so, so cute. cute. And then so in, in the end... Um, everyone gets married. So Rosalind and um, Orlando get married and um, Mm -hmm. Celia and the other, the the bad brother who had a change of heart Mm. (laughs) get married. (laughs) And then they, they trick the shepherdess into marrying, um, (laughs) dude. And they're like trick her and he's like, yes. And, and, um, there was someone else as well. Oh, the um, Just the- touchstone, the 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 fool, and this rando <laughs> that she finds. There, there's a hot. There's in the second act. There's a bunch of scenes where the Jess is running around the woods and is desperately in love with this shepherdess, and the shepherdess is just like. Yeah, no, I'm not going to marry you. And he's like, but we're going to get married. And she's like, no. And he's like, yes. And yeah. then the um, angsty bar guy comes in and is like, hello, Jester, tell me a, la- a thing that makes me laugh. And the Jester's like, not actually funny. Like everyone else is really comedic. And the Jester's just like, dude. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Very yeah. neutral sort of this is logical. This is how we do mm. stuff. And like life sucks sometimes, mate. And the guy's like, that's hilarious. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel validated. <laughs> and he's like enamored with the jester running around and the jester's like i love this shepherdess and we're going to get married and it's going to be great and the shepherdess is just like yeah right sure um except the shepherdess was played by this very young boy and the jester was played by this girl yeah (laughs) yeah so there there was a lot of play with gender which is yeah a shakespearean tradition anyway um and then at the end that we've got rosamond marrying sexy butt You've got the cousin marrying the brother, the evil brother who has now had a massive change of heart. You've got the like the I'm too good for this shepherdess marrying the sweet boy with the Shaun the Shepherd jacket. Lamb. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the jester marrying his shepherd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and they all got given like these little flower wreaths to wear on their head to get married for like yeah. the ceremony. And when they turn, the the mean shepherdess hers fell off. Yeah. And then um, the guy with the show on the sheep, he was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> he like picks it up, like <gasps> like puts it back on her head, like, "Oh yeah. my gosh, oh my gosh!" Like makes it and pats it. <laughs> and you're beautiful, and I love you, and don't worry, this, our wedding day is still perfect. Don't mind it. She's like, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> I'm better than you, and I'm marrying down. And he's just like, "I love you." <laughs> yeah, this is the best day ever. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite interesting with like the accents and stuff that people decided to use. So most of like the main characters who were nobility kind of did the kind of RP. They weren't as full um, RP received pronunciation as um, Jacques. That was like the most um, disdainful RP. The rest were kind of like more of a neutral British. Um, but the the ones that stood out to me were. Adam, the servant, the old man servant. Mm. You loved dies. Adam. Yeah, was that's probably the closest to um, original pronunciation because I noticed that she, the the girl playing him, um, pronounced her R's. Like yes. they had the kind of a rot and and that kind of just added in the erotic accent, like just the yeah. R's. So he was doing. It was either a deliberate attempt or it was just like really countrifying mm. the um, accent to be like I'm a country bumpkin servant type yeah and my masters are like proper sophisticated and there there is a point in the play where someone turns to Rosamond who's pretending to be this rando boy and goes wow your accent is like really posh and he's she's like oh yeah I had an uncle that went to court once and came back and taught me how to talk yeah (laughs) yeah they do make note of it yeah yeah um and because OP Original pronunciation probably to our ear today sounds a little bit like Northern England, mm. that like country kind of accent. Um, yeah, so that was interesting with that choice. And then the other one was that uh, the guy playing Silvius with the Shaun the Sheep um, was the most Oka Australian. Mm. Um, and there was another shepherd who kind of did the same thing. They were just like full on Oka, but it just it still worked really well, like still had all the rhythms um, and was really articulate, like all the words came out and they like went together in the right rhythm, but it was just so ochre. Mm. Um And I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It was very, it was, it was a good, it was fun. It was very mm. fun. And so it started at four o'clock in the afternoon. So it was a daylight performance, just like in the original um, in the olden days. In the olden days. And I had a good time. Yeah. Had a good time too. Are you jealous of our experience, Helen? Would you come with us next time? Uh, Not if it's hot. <laughs> that sounds like a no. <laughs> I don't think I have the attention span for a wordy Shakespeare play. Yeah, so that was that was our Shakespeare in the Park adventure. Uh, have you seen any Shakespeare's lately? Do you go to Shakespeare in the Park or do you do the theatre? Also, let me know if you've seen um, an original pronunciation production because that would be really cool mm. to hear about. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Isn't It Neat Pod. You can email us on Isn't It Neat Pod at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a review because that really helps us out. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. Oh, 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 oh,